so the first article here, Dr. Raj Barnes, it's our health DG says hospital beds not yet at full capacity, but already thinking of home quarantine for COVID-19 positive cases. As of uh, as of now, I think they've, they've got what? Uh, they, they haven't reached maximum capacity yet. They're only at 59% of their bed capacity at the moment. But I guess, uh, doctor, with, with the numbers of uh, positive COVID-19 cases going up by the thousands every single day, um, the health ministry considering allowing asymptomatic patients to quarantine at home. Now, what are some of the factors that need to be considered when allowing someone to do a home quarantine instead of being sent to the hospital? I mean, it's uh, safe if they are quite, uh, they've got no symptoms or even if they have just mild symptoms. You know, a lot of countries overseas are doing that. But the most important is that people must be compliant. I mean, that's the most important factor. If people are, you know, very compliant, they understand the risk of going out, you know, and infecting other people. Because they might be asymptomatic, but if they go out and someone who is, let's say, elderly or someone with chronic disease, uh, you know, is comes in contact with them, those people will get a severe disease and those people can even die from the disease. So they must be very, very, uh, you know, compliant to this uh, quarantine. That means if they are supposed to quarantine at home, they're supposed to be at home only. And in fact, they're supposed to be only in one room in the house, you know, and quarantine from the rest of the family members if possible. So I think that's the most important this thing. Can we guarantee that that the people will not break the quarantine and go out, you know? Uh, and, and that's because you're talking about 10 to 14 days. Huh? So it's uh, sometimes people do get claustrophobic and they might still want to sneak out just for a little while and that should not happen at all. So, yeah, I think if we, the numbers do increase, I think we can consider, you know, uh, quarantine at home, but maybe they have to look at the type of people they are going to quarantine. You know, if someone is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, I think the ministry has to look at certain guidelines of who they should be allowed to do uh, home quarantine and who they might not want to allow. So, and if they do allow home quarantine, is there any way to monitor all these? So all these factors have to be considered by the ministry before they decide. Yeah, well, it sounds like a, a lot of work for the um, health Ministry of Health as uh, they might yeah, have to look at yeah. the characteristics of these people. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Because if they are going to be in a place, uh, someone if they are very close, uh, you know, let's say if they all staying very close together, uh, then again, whether home quarantine will work, you know. Right. Because they, let's say they're just staying in a small apartment with all of them, you know, few people in one place. So maybe those people can't do home quarantine. So again, they look at the situation, look at the people, look at where they are staying before they can decide, okay, you can do home quarantine or you can't, you know. Right. So those are people who are asymptomatic, meaning no symptoms. But do you think people That's right. with people with uh, very mild yeah. symptoms. Yeah, even mild symptoms, they should uh, do the same and then, uh, you know, uh, warn them that if the symptoms get more serious or if they get, let's say, the fever gets higher or the cough gets worse or any shortness of breath, then quickly should come or contact the ministry. But even mild symptoms, they're healthy individuals, they can stay at home. Right. Okay. Also, um, another article which uh, which talks about uh, the UK coronavirus mutant. I think that's the first uh, we heard of uh, the mutation of this virus. Well, this is the second mutation, if I'm not mistaken. There was one uh, before this, and now the latest one it came from UK. And then we start started to hear reports of uh, European countries. They are stopping planes that are coming in from the UK. And uh, this article also says that uh, this mutation could also happen independently uh, this is of course referring to um, an article in India now um, doctor the, the question we're asking here is what can you I mean what would 
you see, if this is true, that means it's pointless for us to stop uh, people from other countries to come in because if, especially if mutation can just happen independently. What can you tell us about the mutation of the COVID-19 virus and why do viruses mutate? I think uh, just like any virus, you know, the influenza virus mutates every year, you know, so that's why the flu vaccine is, is uh, every year they have a new flu vaccine, you take a flu vaccine every year because the mutation occurs and I think that's the way the virus will survive. The virus knows that the immune system of the host might overcome it after a while if the same, if it stays the same, so it mutates itself to become more stronger to overcome the immune system of the host. So I think that's a way of survival for the virus and I think just like the flu virus, the COVID also seems to be the same way it will mutate and uh, sometimes uh, the, all you have to do is just uh, Pitch the vaccines a bit. That's why flu vaccine is every year. We have a yearly flu vaccine. You can't use the same vaccine every year. So every year the WHO comes up with a new flu vaccine that, and people take the flu vaccine yearly for it to be effective, right? But some vaccines don't have to do that. For example, like the hepatitis or what. It seems, never seems to mutate, but certain viruses are very, you know, infective and I think COVID is just like the flu virus, it seems to be mutating. Um, so it, I think it's just a way of the virus to survive uh, the host uh, immune system. And uh, the only thing we can do is just, uh, you know, hope the vaccines work and if the vaccines are, you know, if the virus is mutating, then they reduce the vaccine a bit. But the new mRNA virus, we they say the uh, vaccine, I mean, uh, they say that it will still help against this mutation. So let's wait and see. Yeah, that was my next question. Does this mean that the current crop of the most promising vaccines will no longer be effective at preventing infection? What do you think about this? I don't know because we have to wait and see. The Pfizer said that it will still be effective, but let's wait and see. And uh, they will know when they you know, have to start vaccinating whether uh, this mutation and the vaccine will work or not or do they have to teach the vaccine a bit. So we have to wait and see. This one's pretty scary, uh, Doctor. This article addresses microplastics revealed in the placentas of unborn babies. Based on this article, researchers are very, very concerned uh, about this. Uh, when they, but they saw in four very healthy pregnant uh, pregnant women, uh, you know, they found microplastics in the placenta, both the fetus and maternal sides of the of the placenta. Uh, so. Micro, I mean, microplastics are now, they're just everywhere. They are now found in food we consume, in our rivers, even on top of Mount Everest, and now in the placentas of unborn babies. How, how did they make their way into placentas in the first place? I mean, that's the word. Like they say, they're micro, they're so small. And like you said, they're everywhere now. So I suppose they, from the bloodstream of the mother, it goes to the placenta and then to the baby, you know, and... and so this can occur, uh, and that's like you're right. You're, you know, it's very scary that these microplastics are going right up to the babies. Uh, you know, going across the placenta of the mother and going to the baby. So that is scary. Yeah. And uh, and of course, all these microplastics will have problems. I mean, to us, it also you know it can cause uh, issues to damage our organs, can cause inflammation in the body, and to a growing baby. You know, that his uh, organs are still not formed, whether it can actually disrupt and cause some abnormalities or cause uh, damage to the organs that while they are growing. So this is what some of the worry. Uh, and I think that, that's something that we have to really look at. Usually babies or p- people in general, they, they, they would only be exposed to microplastics after they're born. This is unborn. This is very new and very scary to think about. My, my next question would have been, you might have answered it a little bit already, Dr. Rajpans, but my next question would be, what are the potential risks of these microplastics to the baby? Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing of wearing whether it can damage some of the organs and these organs cannot may not be formed as uh, you know as the 
what is supposed to be or there could be inflammation in the in the baby and whether this can cause uh, any disruption to the baby's uh, you know uh, growth uh, so all these things uh, we have to wait and see whether what are the risks because it's the first time actually hearing of microplastic in the unborn baby so this is something i think we have to look at more research to see what's happening yeah and also i think people should start taking the environment seriously as well now uh doctor it's, yeah, it's, it's right. you know it's getting real bad the worst new year's resolutions for 2021 according to doctors let's have a look so according to doctors uh i mean 2021 is around around the corner so we're all making our usual new year's resolutions uh, this article says some of the worst new year's resolutions you can make are uh quitting smoking cold turkey only exercising indoors and taking tons of vitamins to get healthy why are each of these bad resolutions to make doctor yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things is when you start making a resolution, you always start with something that is simple first. Because I think that's one of the mistakes that a lot of people make. They try to make a resolution that is one of the hardest to, you know, just to to make it work, you know. So, for example, trying to smoke, stop smoking is something very hard to do, especially cold turkey, you know. Uh, exercising indoors, not the best option, not the best health, uh, health but if, it's still better than not exercising at all. And tons of vitamins are not going to help make you healthy, you know supplements are what they are they just supplement your lifestyle so very important to understand that lifestyle is the key white means are just a something that you take as a sort of insurance if you want to and also you must know why you're taking white means not just take a ton of vitamins because that might also work hard on your liver and the liver you know might not uh, uh, be that effective in the long run so I believe what you need to do is start off with the simplest things that will work for you. Because very important that you send a message to your brain that, you know, I can succeed. For example, when I first started making resolution many, many years ago, I started off with just taking, making sure that I drink eight glasses of water a day. That was a simple thing I did. Right. So for 21 days, I did that and I could succeed because that was very easy to do. But it made me a habit that every day I make sure I drink my eight glasses of water. That was one. Then the second thing I did was, the second habit was I started adding one or two portions of vegetables and fruits into my diet every day. I did that for 21 days. Then I started looking at walking 10,000 steps. You know, from 5,000, I went to six, eight to 10,000. I did that for 21 days. So as I started succeeding in some of my resolutions, I got me more excited that I could do this, right? And I did more and more. And in a year, I could make 12 great resolutions that were working. And of course, as time came, you'll find that a lot of my friends and patients who were doing this also found the same way. And after a while, when they started feeling more healthy, more better, they were excited about their life. They themselves, those who were smoking, stopped smoking. Because they say, what am I trying to do by smoking when I'm already looking at all this health and I'm looking much better, you know. Right. Uh, people who are taking vitamins are taking vitamins because this was something they felt they needed, not simply taking for the sake of taking. So things like that. So always start with the resolution that you think is easy to succeed and then you add on slowly the others. And in a year, you probably will have 12 new habits that you have succeeded in and the harder ones can be later but you know because you succeeded in earlier ones that also will soon be something that you can do easily right so never start with a hard resolution because you will probably give up after a while and then everything else collapses